I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, y'all? Wakanda. Wakanda. We still got to find some new shit. <laughs> it's your fault, Lauren. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Sure. <laughs> That's nice, Hilliard. I was thinking of something, but I don't know. I, I wrote it down, but then... Come a little closer, Chris. Um, you know, I forgot. That's okay. It's his fault. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I I'll take that, that blame. Thank you. I'll take it off of your plate. <laughs> yeah. So y'all know how we do it on the rant room. <clears throat> on the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So Lisa Bolakaja is going to come in, hopefully, toward the end or some shit. <laughs> She's stuck in traffic. At least she's on her way. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. Claiming. Right. She's stuck in traffic. See her for the first time this year. To me. I think you what? might get a text going. It's too much. I have I to know, go uh, home. <laughs> <laughs> she can't go around the fires or some shit like yeah, that. You know, ain't hurt. this important? Right. Elon Musk needs what? to get have some. Have that was some, that was compassion. Have some behavior, man. Was, no, it was not compassion. Yeah, I was talking about going around. No, that was shade. <laughs> it was compassion. God forgive me. Yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> so we got my girl in the house, Lauren Warren. Hello, hello. Over there from Nerds of Prey podcast. Over there writing scripts. I am. About to turn it in big I'm time. I'm finishing them too. Go on, girl. That's, that's what I'm talking achievement. about. Achievement. Yes. <laughs> it's that's what done. It's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, it felt good, right? Is it going to Eric now? You send it to Eric? In a week. Okay. Yeah, I'm letting it cook and I'm letting it. Yeah, letting it cook. She's going to get her notes. She's going to do a polish, you know, which is smart. Yeah. See, most people go, ooh, fade out. Let me send it out. Oh, no. No, bitch. No. (laughs) Take your time. (laughs) No, no. I need to not look at it for a few days. Yeah, give it it a couple days. Yeah. And come with fresh eyes again. Yes. Go through it with your red pen. Yep. And you're going to find some shit that you didn't think about. A whole new box of them just waiting to be used. There you go. That was up. We got my man Chris Derrick in the house from the writing directing team, Derrick Brothers. What's up, Chris? Good things. Yeah. Good things. What movies you didn't see this week? He got to see nine, ten movies a week and shit, you know. <laughs> um, I saw the screening for Crazy Rich Asians, right. which everybody needs to see. A very funny movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who's the lead, I, which I didn't know. I, I heard they had trouble finding really? a, like a lead, but the, this is his first acting role. Really? He wasn't an actor or he just never... He was like a host or something. He's like a, like a TV, like a game right, show right, or something right, like that right. or a travel show host in, in Malaysia. Really, really good. Right. Charming. Looks, he, like he's, he's like that ever, the effortless charm of a movie star. Really? Love uh, it. I love mean, it. Like, like really can bring it. Constance Wu from Fresh Off the Boat was, yeah, extraor- was extraordinary. Yeah. Um, what's your name? Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Uh-huh. In, yes. See, the thing about her that I just... I don't, you know, you think of her action star... 
you don't think of her being in the matriarch in a romantic comedy. Interesting. But she yeah. pulls it off with yeah. like, ha, I'm good, aren't I? I'm real good. Y'all been slipping on me for right. decades. Right. Hollywood. But the thing I didn't know, people have been saying this, is that the last film, the last all Asian Hollywood film uh, was Joy Luck Club. Back in the 90s. What? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which you mean American made? Is that what it is? Is that why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so it's not well, like well, the last like Crouching and Tiger and all this. No, those no, things no, no. are Hong Kong or whatever. Well, that's a Hong Kong film, but yeah, but the last the last mm-hmm. like English language American made studio film featuring wow. an all Asian yeah, cast. All, all Asian cast. Was that twenty years ago? How well, long? Twenty five years, years ago. Oh my god! Yeah. Produced by my friend Janet Yang, who what's up, Janet? I like. I'm so happy that mm-hmm. she. Is, I mean, she did put on the work for so long because mm-hmm. she worked Oliver Stone for a long time. Right. She did put for. She did so much stuff. But I just, I just, it's just interesting to know that that it took so long. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it took so long. It's a really good movie. There's mm-hmm. so many interesting, great cultural nuances. Right. You know, like there's a couple of girls that I know who are um, they're American Chinese. You know, mm-hmm. they're talking. They were, and I knew them from college. They would tell me this thing where they're not fully accepted by Chinese because they weren't born in China. Really? It's an interesting, interesting thing. That, huh. that, 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 so when they covered the movie, I was like, I know that. Right. I know that story. Right. Um, it was cool, you know what I mean? It was, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess it opens next week. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think the book is a trilogy. Someone told me the book is a trilogy. Okay. And, the, the, and, and, and it's, it's set up so there could be additional movies, which mm-hmm. is cool. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So you recommend it for sure? I highly recommend. I mean, people like romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Did they have a Q and A? Mm-hmm. With the writers? Mm-hmm. Who wrote it? Are, is somebody Asian? Who wrote uh, it? Is, is <laughs> Peter Chirelli did the first draft. Yeah. And then an Asian woman, I forget her name. Um, she came in at the second draft. Like she's been writing TV for like sixteen years. Okay. She was working on um, uh, Lethal Weapon. Oh, really? And um, and the director <laughs> and her had done a project before that didn't go. Mm-hmm. But he called her and said, I need you to read this book, and then I need to talk to you about if you want to do the movie. And she was like, ah, I'm on a show. So I'll be like Coe P or something like right, that. Right, right. I have two kids. <laughs> I have dogs. I'm married. I don't right. have time to be any of this kind of stuff. She was like, literally, the first page spoke to her family life specifically because what she didn't she didn't tell anybody really is that mm-hmm. she's from Malaysia oh, okay. and she left Malaysia when she was a kid and came over here and she knows this whole experience about not being which the producers didn't know and they, mm-hmm. you know but she obviously pitched it but she was like I have to do this I have to I, you know what I'll make everything you know I just, I'll make it happen mm-hmm. I think that's what ha- I mean that's what you do when a project comes right. she was like look I've never had a project where there's been Asian people as, as two or three let alone number one in the call right. sheet right and uh, she just was so excited. And she had yeah. so many fascinating stories to tell about, like the nuance of it, and just like she was up just up just to bring stuff. I mean, there's a scene where they're making like dim sum dumplings, you know. Mm-hmm. That it's like this. It's like a way for them to like the family, like like say together. Yeah, they really show them making the food. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's see, really that's important. It's really really right. interesting. <clears throat> really really interesting. Um, there was a Pixar. There was a Pixar short right before. Wow. Bow yeah. right before in Incredibles two about making dumplings too, oh, right, right, and it was right. very much it was it it like had that kind of like I was like oh, I just saw it. it's it's really good it's, the movie I I recommend it recommend it recommend it it's funny because we we've, we've talked in the past about <clears throat> sometimes food mm-hmm. is an interesting thing you add in your your scripts mm-hmm. because it brings nostalgia to the moment and also it could be really really sexy depending on what the scene is Mm -hmm. you know there's something about 
food and with the making working it. Working with your hands. Work, and, yeah, like yeah. all that, you know. Just well, well, you know, it's the whole thing people say about food. Come a little closer. Is that you, if you're making food, you're not quickly. Like you're putting so much love in the making mm-hmm. of it and it translates to how people eat it. Yeah. And you see that in movies like, what's that movie? That Mexican movie? Like Water for Chocolate? Oh, like oh, Water for Chocolate? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I... Even Chef has some beautiful yeah, moments. Oh, Chef had fantastic yeah, moments. Oh, my God. Definitely. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the thing about Chef, because mm-hmm. I saw that again recently, um, and this movie is like, because there's a bunch of food scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, I need to eat now. <laughs> yeah. I need that's, to eat That's what it's supposed now. to do to you. Yeah, yeah. It's make, you, make you make want to. you feel like, to. I should go get this. Right. And I was yeah. really right. mad because we stayed for the Q&A, and then it was like 10 o'clock right when we got out. Too late. And everything them. was closed. Right. <laughs> Driving on Wilshire and every, right. like, all the places. I was like, every, even, I was even like, the Chinatown damn. spots are closed. Yeah, right? yeah. Damn. <laughs> um... But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. So that um, oh, I saw this movie that people need to see. It's called uh, "Battles Without Honor and Humanity." I never heard of that. I never heard of it either. But I was listening to this old uh, treatment podcast mm-hmm. with Elvis Mitchell when he was interviewing yeah, yeah. Tarantino about Hateful Eight. So, so, so was mm-hmm. this two years ago? I guess it was. Right. Um, and this is the thing I didn't know about Hateful Eight, which is things fascinating. Hateful Eight was supposed to be a Django movie. Huh? He wrote Hateful Eight as a Django sequel. What? Oh. Yes. He, so who was going to be Django? Oh, God, my eye literally twitched. <laughs> Nobody. It was, like, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was Django like was going to be involved with all those characters. Oh, okay. And but he, he was going to okay. be elite. Y- yeah. And, and then, he, and then he, had, he was traveling around the world on these film festival tours he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he was... <clears throat> This is crazy to me. He was sending pages to Elvis Mitchell. What? It's like, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? How do you, th- you know? And then they met at some festival in Mexico, and he was telling them it was very interesting. But and and then at that point, like like Tarantino said, I know I sent you those pages a while ago, but I can't have Django in the movie because these characters are so bad, and and everybody's bad, but from their point of view, they're doing good. Hmm. And he was like, I don't want to have Django be seen as a villain. In a, this movie, because he he because he, he, he would have to have done something awful like the rest right, of them done, right. and then and then treated people really bad the way everyone got treated really bad in that mm-hmm. movie. So he was like, I got to take Django out. Um, but that was fascinating, hmm. you know. But he mentioned this movie, this this battles of honor and humanity, because he was saying that it was the series of like Japanese like. Um, Yakuza films from oh, the right. 70s. Oh, oh. oh, you took that picture. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, because right. he was talking about how those movies deal with honor mm-hmm. and in these honor killings and behavior among mm-hmm. thieves, and like that was kind of what he was into at the t- when he was like wanting to write that. Especially yeah. he was writing Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. But but I was like, that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to watch this. And it's there's like I think nine of them. Where they're all on Amazon and they're like amazing. Yeah, I, I showed I showed it to I think one of the showrunners the other day because our. Our bad guys, you know, Saya, the character in, mm-hmm. in, in our show, is Yakuza. So yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, we need to be getting this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. The, yeah, I mean, right, right. I think there's a, I want to say, there was an interview I saw one time with Peter Bogdanovich and uh, the guy who did There Will Be Blood, Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay. Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> had this really fascinating line that he said, there are no old movies. There's only movies you haven't seen yet. <laughs> that's I game. Like, I, I like that. that. I was like, that's live. Yeah. That's live. That's like live. Because that. yeah. there's something to learn from everything. Because I was like, you know, I get this thing called um, 
uh, there's a site you can get for free if you're in LA. Because if, you, if you're a member of the LA Public Library, it's called Canopy. Mm. And it's a streaming site, and it's mm-hmm. it's all these like foreign and art house films and documentary stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, really really like great like selection of films. There's stuff you hear about, like, oh, is that you know that's not on Amazon or anything right. like that, and and it actually probably didn't come to most people's theaters, mm-hmm. but they have it on that site. And um, there's a really interesting movie that I've seen a couple times before. It's called um, Man with a Movie Camera. It was this it was this Russian film from the silent film from like the maybe 1920, 1923 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating because this was the first movie that was done without without intertitles, because he wanted to prove that. Explain what intertitles are. Okay, so on on silent films, the, you know the the, the 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 film would play mm-hmm. and then it'd go black and there'd be a little title right. that would kind of say what the dialogue is mm-hmm. or something. It's like over black would be yeah. the word, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, like this is the language it was saying. Like mm-hmm. you know, talking for t- you know four minutes and then mm-hmm. I love you, kind of come on. <laughs> and uh, but but what he, what he wanted to say was with this movie was that um, I forget his name. It's some crazy Russian name, but. Um, that cinema is a visual language. You don't need titles. I can just, the, the picture's in the order because that one mm-hmm. guy, um, Kuleshov, and the other uh, Russian guy were all about the montage, how editing, everything like that. Mm-hmm. He was saying you, that this is a language that you can just pick up from watching the way images kind of intercut. Mm-hmm. And Men with a Movie Camera is an interesting <laughs> movie where it's like, you're, they're hanging out in Moscow and they're filming stuff, just, just everyday life in Moscow, mm-hmm. but there's a cameraman in the shots so it's kind of like showing the man, like he's 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 you know it's a hand crank camera shooting right, something, right. and then it cuts to his point of view of what he's of what he's shot. So it's this weird kind of like back and forth of like how 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 the language of cinema is false, but it's universal at the same time right. mm-hmm. because it's all within 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 the frame. It's always within the frame, right. you know, and, it's, and you show stuff and everything like that. And I just watching it, and it's like, oh yeah. You just, but there was stuff to learn from watching that movie. That again, now it's whatever it's one hundred years old. Yeah. Just like how, so the way he was composing shots, certain the way he was like doing the editing techniques. Mm-hmm. This super super fast editing technique. That's like, it, I, I mean, like like all the MTV shit that people were saying was too fast. Mm-hmm. He did it in that he movie. <laughs> he did it in that movie, yeah. and I realized that you know, people always used to say that that sound like destroyed cinema's progression. <laughs> for a while well yeah because what happened was is that if you look at movies right before sound came out mm-hmm. the camera is so nimble and mm-hmm. they developed this really fa- like super fast like language mm-hmm. of you know like what's going on with telling stories visually mm-hmm. and then what happened with sound is because the equipment was so heavy and the cameras were so heavy that to shoot with sound, they couldn't move the camera, yeah, and yeah. they could, and the people couldn't move around either. Was, you know, so it, it it made like like cinema static for for around fifteen years or so. And it's interesting to see those movies that, that right before sound came in to see how they had just perfected the language, hmm. just the grammar of cinema. So mm-hmm. um, that's why that that that, that phrase makes sense. They're, see, they're, what they're I, old movies. <clears throat> what I like about all that, I mean, you're looking at it. You're looking at it from a couple of different couple of different ways. You're looking at it as a as a as a director, you know, like you know how you move the camera, you know how to how to show images, how to tell a story through the frame, all those things. But at the same time, as a writer, you know, this is why I'm I'm. I always tell everybody this: <clears throat> the thing that moves me the most. I love great dialogue and all that, but I actually like I like I like great great um, 
actions and descriptions mm-hmm. even better. Mm-hmm. I'll like read through a script and just read through those sometimes just to see how good they pop. You know, especially if I like you read like some of the Oscar script or the Emmy winning scripts, I'll skip through all the dialogue. I'll just look mm-hmm. at the look at the actions. Because to me, that's where they really you know, it's just how they come in with 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 um the way they describe things and the way they describe a setting, mm-hmm. you know, the tone of it, of it, it still feels the same way throughout. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're like Kaufman and all those guys, like, you know, they talk to you when they write. You know, it's like, how do you, how do, you do that and not cross that line, right. you know, with, with, with being inside of your character's head and stuff like that. So those, those things are the ones that move me the most. Like, I'll read a book and see a passage and be like, that is great Duh, that's dialogue. Just, like that's that's, that's a language. great moment or that's a great moment uh-huh. line of dialogue. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Because you're right. I, I agree with you. I mean, I do that a lot, too, because, you know, that old, high, that old expression about, like, that the screenwriting is poetry mm-hmm. really comes from the from in the action. It's not in the dialogues. Right. Dialogue is at its own kind of thing. But you're trying to like, like you said, create this mood and this tone mm-hmm. in like as few words as possible. Mm-hmm. And guys who are really good at it are really good at it. Right. And just kind of like they, and they elevate the experience of like, fuck, this is cool. And you know it from fade in just the way they describe it. You know, like even I'm scrolling through your script again. Uh, just just read just the other day for whatever reason I was just looking at the, the title page and going going see this title page just moves you know just the way that it comes in I'm already curious on page one and that's mm-hmm. what you need to do is you got to find that way to still be descriptive to set the tone you know and and capture at the same time that's why it's such a craft you know that a lot of people don't understand they just start writing, they just start writing and then they're know. just describing and you can just describe and there's you know there's a lot of people I mean certain people you know, you go back and you look at a movie like some of the, the Stanley Kubrick movies, and <clears> they're very, they're so sparsely written. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, you know, he's not trying to convince anyone to do his work. Right. It's already, I mean, he's got this carte blanche, so he's mm-hmm. not, he, and he knows what it's going to be. Right. But it's, but that's your voice. Like, ultimately, how you describe simple things on the page, mm-hmm. the, that's the voice. I was telling someone the other day, I was reading their pilot, Mm-hmm. And it's the the opening the opening line was in DC and I was like okay this is interesting but it didn't grab me and I remembered that the opening of Martin McDonough's in Bruges or, or, or in Bruges yeah. whatever mm-hmm. has a really fascinating like four line description of what it means to when you come into that city mm-hmm. he's, he's he's trying to let you know that here's this city. It's the city that's been around for like, 50, you know, for like I, I don't know, 700 years. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to describe it in a way. He describes it in such a cool way that and the, the, his last line of the sentence is, this could be any time in the last 400 years, this city, the mm-hmm. way it looks now. But it's happening today. And he's just, yeah. we describe these but canals. But see, that's talking to you. He's talking, talking, right, talking to you. Right. He's talking about these canals right. and these cathedrals and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, this set the mood to that mm-hmm. movie so well, and and then I was like, I'm gonna just go watch the beginning of this real quick mm-hmm. and just see. And it is, it's these quick, it's this quick shots of this of just the architecture of the city with this really really like melancholy score going on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bam, that's yeah, like they achieved that. I was listening to, and we'll hear from you in a second, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was listening to a uh, a podcast the other day. There's these guys that wanna like work with us where. Where we do ads for them, they do ads for us, okay. and we can, they have a cool podcast where they they're two black guys 
I forget the name, the title of the show off the top of my head. Forgive me. Um, where they go, they're going through like a hundred black movies and like talking about them, something like that. Okay. And they talked about um, somehow for some reason they were they jumped off, but they were talking about um, um, who the hell were you just talking about a minute? Who did Psycho? Why am I going blank on his name? Screening. I mean the the tone, the opening. The, the director. Why am I going blank on his fucking Hitchcock? name? Forgive me. I'm tripping. Uh, <laughs> Martin McDonough? <laughs> so they were talking about Hitchcock for a minute, and they said, as amazing as he was, he actually had an issue. And one of his issues was, and you know a lot about him, is he would would spend so much time breaking down the, 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 the story and the look and how it's all going to be, and it all would, he would shoot it exactly that way. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't stray out of sight of it or anything. And he said, and then they compared Steven Spielberg's Jaws to, like, I think it was to um, um, The Birds or something like that. Imagine what would happen if he went outside of his box. How much better he would have been even then. Like, because what happened with Steven was he had to adjust because the shark wasn't working. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But, but what would, what would um, Hitchcock would have done if it didn't work? He st- we would have seen the shark throughout the whole thing regardless because that's its plan. You know what I mean? It's something to that nature. It was fascinating to no, hear no, no, no. I mean, look, about it, you know? I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that the, 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 the beauty of Jaws is, you know, is the, I mean, like, did that movie... Works the way it works because you don't see the shark. Correct. But I also think that on a certain level, like the difference between Jaws and Hitchcock is Jaws is a horror movie, right? Like, like totally a horror, movie. like straight up and down, right? And Hitchcock's stuff is, you know, it's, it's suspense films and it's typically mm-hmm. kind of spy mm-hmm. or wrong man type psychological, of thing. psychological thrillers. Right. I mean, I'd be curious to to hear that. I mean, to know that too, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of projects that. Um, you know, the actors were so upset about, like, in Notorious, which is my favorite Hitchcock, about, like, mm-hmm. there's like there's this scene right before, you know, in the right before the sec- first act closes where, <clears throat> where Bergman and Carrie Ann are kissing in this, they're walking through the the, the apartment and kissing the whole way. And there's, mm-hmm. it's a close shot, and they're just moving and kissing. And it's like, it's so unnatural to do that. He's like, I know, mm-hmm. but I, this is how I planned it, because I got to get you here and I got to get you here. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that maybe. Like later in Hitchcock's career, like after he kind of hit his zenith with um, the North by Northwest and those mm-hmm. those four films in there, North by Northwest, uh, Rear Window, and mm-hmm. and Psycho and stuff, he's his methodology um, prevented him from doing right, you know, like greater works mm-hmm. because it's because you know he died in 1980, I think, in, at, at, at 80. And which is not necessarily that old. I mean, because that's mm. kind of the age of like Spielberg now, when right. Coppola and they're still working. Right. Um, <clears throat> but his, he, I think he made five or six movies after, maybe eight movies after Psycho. Mm-hmm. But Psycho was the last great Hitchcock film. You know, it was Marnie, The Birds, mm-hmm. Torn Curtain, mm-hmm. Topaz, uh, like Family Plot. Yeah, so it's, it's those. Uh, oh, and Trouble with Harry. So it's six films. And it's like... Cinephile, y'all. You hear that? Um, <laughs> um, and, and so the thing is... But, but those movies and, and the times mm-hmm. had now changed because now you're in the 60s. In the 60s, there's the cultural revolution and the cinema was, a, was reflecting that. I mean, that's yeah. when movies like Arthur Penn's... Um, Bonnie and Clyde came mm-hmm. out and shifted the way that, that violence and action and shit was done on screen mm-hmm. that 
it's a, I mean, I, I think those guys are really onto something. Because the thing about the thing about Spielberg's movie is, you know, that movie's a failure hmm. on uh, in in the eyes of a lot of people when they're making it because they, they don't have the shark. And the DB, like you talk to the DP, and he's fucking angry as shit because mm-hmm. this is something that most people would never catch because right. they're not into this. But it's like you watch scenes and it's like they'll cut around to the same conversation in the scene or look at the water then back and then there's a, you know, and everything and the, it doesn't match right. like the shots different right. skies yeah. different it's right. dark blue like they cross the line all of them you know but right. but it's one of those things that uh, he talks about and I forget the woman Verna Fields is the editor on I thought that. yeah it was a female yeah, was editor, female editor yeah. she's the one who figured it she out she figured right? it out because yeah. she cut Lawrence of Arabia, which is mm-hmm. which was was a Spielberg's favorite film, right. and he was like, "You got to come to save me," and you know, and she saved him. She was mm-hmm. like, "You know what? This is how this movie's gonna work." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "People don't care about the continuity if they're so into the story. They're so right. fucking freaked out, right. you know, because right. you're like, oh shit, where's that shark at?' Because mm-hmm. I think the first time that I really noticed that I heard that a few times, but I was watching it one time. I saw some cleaned up 4K restoration on it." And it's that first scene where they shoot the barrels. You know, they, sh- they shoot the right. shark with the barrels, mm-hmm. and they're waiting for it, and it goes, and, and Quint's like, under the yeah, water. And Quint's like, he never going to go mm-hmm. under. Put two barrels on. He's never going under. And he goes under. Right. And there's a scene where Quint, he's hanging, he's leaning against the back of that, the, you know, the, at, the, at the bow, that little, like, railing at the bow. Mm-hmm. And the sky is literally like this, this dusk dust shot. Mm-hmm. And you come back around to Matt to Hooper, who the fuck is Hooper? Um, Richard Dreyfus. Dr- right. It's like in the middle of the afternoon, like hard shadows. <laughs> and you're like, hold on a minute. But you don't care because you're saying to yourself, they're flipping out because they've never had a shark take right. two barrels <laughs> and forgot. go under. You forgot I about that. Yeah, like, hold on a <laughs> so it's this great, it's this, it's this thing about cinema um, that is just fucking amazing mm-hmm. what reminds me of this podcast I just found last night I think is the, so awesome I stayed up and listened to two of these and I so shouldn't have it's called the, it's called the soundtrack podcast okay. and this guy just takes apart soundtracks and explains huh. why they fucking work hmm. and, he expo- and he and he took the is the first episode he took three he took four super memorable soundtracks that we all fucking know he mm-hmm. played Ra- he played Star Wars Raiders um, Back to the Future and he and um, and Star Trek motion picture wow Coolest thing he did about about those movies is he said those soundtracks follow the hero's journey. Like he was saying that if you if you look at like he's like if you look at the Star Wars melody, mm-hmm. that main title melody, and you look at it kind of chart it like graphically the way the hero's journey works like emotionally, mm-hmm. the notes follow the journey as like the Rise I was and like fall if, and if, but if it's, yeah. but the whole theme follows so it hits that part the climax is uh, it's there and it comes down and he comes home and and he, and, he, and he's like oh yeah, this part is the clo- is this part is the part at the end where they get the, at, at the mm-hmm. throne room I was like fuck and he was like that's why that music's really dope because it tells the story in the theme but then I was saying to myself this is back to the Jaws thing what was it like when Spielberg first heard the John Williams score hmm. on Jaws right like you watching this thing mm-hmm. edited this shit you know this is way back in the day where, right. it's, where it's not like now you can just chop the score in and play it you mm-hmm. gotta like go to the damn right. place and mm-hmm. come in and yeah, see you it. gotta see it on and the big screen like, that's yeah it. and I was exactly. like I was like the the, 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 the chills mm-hmm. That must have gone through him when he heard that that, that like those, those cellos mm-hmm. coming in. Yeah. Just but it just been like oh shit, I fucking because apparently I think he keeps John Williams on retainer. 
Really? <laughs> there's these stories that there's these stories that Michael Kahn, his editor, and Giannis Kaminsky, his DP, and uh, probably John Williams on mm-hmm. retainer, and he's like, "You only work for me." Damn. Don't well, just you just turn shit. Security. You know what? You Look, you just turn shit yeah. down. So I'm gonna do my next project, <laughs> and I'm gonna do one every five or six years. You no, know, well, no, he works more than that. <laughs> but 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 it, but there are, but he takes these lulls, right. and it's like, what are you gonna do? Right. I mean, yeah, they shoot commercials and just to say stuff, right. but it's like, I, but I just was, this podcast was also saying something about the Raiders march. It's like the Raiders march is so different than the than the Star Wars march because. It comes in and it comes in on like a minor chord in the beginning, hmm. right? It's like I mean, it's a minor key, and then it goes up into. It's the, not a major key. Yeah, you sure? No, Khaled, no. <laughs> so, so, he, so he was, but but he was saying because he was saying that, and the, you know, and it comes in a moment where where it kicks in later on where he's hmm. at the high point. He's like because Indiana Jones is always over his head. Hmm. The character is always over his head, and, right. and he's always got, and he can't use brawn to out. I was like, that's, I was like, that's fucking genius. Yeah, if that's yeah, what yeah. you know, anyway. I have to say, Chris is the only person. Lauren, look, Chris is the only person I know who can go watch a movie and not talk about anything else but the score and how bad it is. <laughs> Everybody else is talking about the movie or whatever. He notices the score well, from the first frame. Former band geek, mm-hmm. I can attest that that is not a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially when you said the thing about the minor minor keys and minor chords, it's always like a sign of dissension. My remedial music theory class just came in handy because, yeah, that was something that they did teach. Um, yeah. If you were going to eventually go score, then these... These keys tend to create a mood. Mm-hmm. This key creates a mood. That key creates a mood. Lower registers create stress and tension. Mm-hmm. Higher registers are like happiness and glee and free. So, yeah, that, that, I get it. Yeah, well, because yeah. you know, it's interesting about the glee because he was talking about in the Star Trek, the motion picture score, which is also the score on Next Generation. Mm-hmm. It comes in and, and he's like, oh, th- this is the part that's letting you know, here's the big breakthrough in our technology about we got warp drive. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he, there's this other part right in the apex of the piece. So he's like, oh, this is the five-year mission piece of the score where we're at our highest point of the humanity. I was like, that's actually genius too. And then he yeah. brings it back down. I was like, this genius. You can mm. tell a story with not a single word being spoken yeah. through a score. <laughs> it's pretty cool. What you know about that? A lot. My, a mouth full of my, candy. My, what you know my about student that? loan debt once upon a time told a story about how much I knew about that. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It's all that makes sense. Like all that music theory is coming back to me now. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, man. And now I can parlay that into TV. So what you been up to since the last time we seen you a week ago? Two um, weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so after you had your guest, um, Mr. Eric Haywood, mm-hmm. on, he gave a very... Motivating speech. <laughs> oh yeah, afterwards with, a, with yeah. a wagging finger that I needed to. We need the to project. preface that you know Eric, so yeah, it's not so like that. he just went in on you. Another no, no, yeah. So um, I've known Eric for about a year, and pardon me, I have candy in my mouth because it's right in front of me, and I can't help it. Um, I would never have candy here. What are you talking? He's, about? It's so funny. He's got candy, cookies, and fruit. Like pick your poison. Um, so I've known Eric for a year. He asked me to write a project, and I've been. Putting it off for personal reasons because it's a really hard story to tell. Mm-hmm. But after he recorded last week or the week before, um, he gave me a very motivating speech, and I finished my script. Awesome. I'm letting it cook. Awesome. I'm going to send it out to a few readers. Mm-hmm. I pick three. I always pick one who knows what to look for in scripts. Mm-hmm. One to check for grammar and everything, and not yeah. so much the story, and one just to check for tone. Right. 
does the story make sense? Are you engaged by it? Da, 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 da. So um, I will do that this week. Mm-hmm. And he will have it long before <laughs> our predetermined due date. Um, Was that like September 1st or something like September that? September 1st, yeah. Um, oh, and I've gone back now and started working on an older project, mm-hmm. cleaning that up. Fresh eyes, hadn't looked at it in a month and a half. Good. Already seeing things that could be tightened up. Is this a TV or TV? TV. It's a feature, by the way. The one, the one you told me with TV. Eric. Oh, you're making the TV show. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Right. TV. You can tell more story. Yeah, definitely. Way more story. Um, you can slow it down, slow the pace exactly, down. Exactly, right? yeah. And and concentrate on some of the side characters and what they contributed to mm-hmm. that journey. Right. Oh, yeah, so sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, TV show. Um, went back and fixed another TV pilot and started outlining another pilot. Right. So I got a break, but not really. Right. Always find and, something And hubby's in town. Yeah, my husband's here. Yay! <laughs> What's that, right? So I'm taking him around. <laughs> <laughs> Taking him around, see the city, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, just been watching TV and writing. All right, same All right. old, same old. Mm-hmm. Implemented a new schedule that has worked wonderfully. Tell the kids, okay, what so you then did. The first thing you do, <laughs> put your phone in airplane mode, put it across the room from you, <laughs> turn off the Wi-Fi on your laptop. That's right. There you That's go. Right. Have a, a timer of some sort, mm-hmm. even if it's like a kitchen timer, so you're not tempted to use your phone. <laughs> right. And set it for 48 minutes. When it goes off 48 minutes, take a 12-minute break. You've already worked for an hour. Go back for another 48 minutes. Mm -hmm. I did this for three hours. Took a break for an hour. Went back. 48, 12, 48, 12, 48, 12. Mm -hmm. I was done by 3 o'clock. Had the rest of the day to go play, do whatever, do emails, whatever Mm -hmm. else. Yep. You hear that game, Jasani? I finished that script in six days on that schedule. See, there's a... a, I mean, that's that's what I do. Mm -hmm. Um... If, you, if you're on a Mac, there's a program that's called... Self-Control. I don't use that. I, there is that, but I use a thing called, it's called Howler. Oh, is that an app called Self-Control? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. app, yeah, oh, okay. it, yeah, you put that on and it cuts... You can't even access stuff, but it's, it's called Howler. Mm-hmm. It's called Howler Timer. It's free. It's right. on the on the uh, app, store. app Store. And you can like... And I download it and it lets you set up for free on the free one like two different presets mm-hmm. so one at 48 and one at 12 and it gives you it starts this countdown at like five seconds where it's this wolf getting ready to howl <laughs> like you hear it going and then at zero it just oh, lets it go goes in, yeah. Yeah. people hear me go I, people call me sometimes like Sometimes they'll catch me and I'm like, I gotta get the phone. And they're like, What the hell is that noise? What's, what's, where are you at in the background? You're like, Oh, this girl I got over here. You know, like, she's doing, don't, she's don't doing some freaky deaky stuff. Don't worry, don't about, worry it. about that. Don't worry about <laughs> doing it in the background. It's the background. Yeah, but always, always writing, always watching things. Um, mm-hmm. I started, I've fallen down this telenovela rabbit hole. Really? Because, so I found, I'd seen something with Kate Del Castillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the actress who was with Sean Penn and and oh. met up with El Chapo and Ringy oh, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Del Sur. So I watched that and then I started another one of hers, mm-hmm. um, Dueños de Paradiso, uh, like par- Dreams of Paradise, something like that, mm-hmm. where she plays the wife. She's always playing like a drug dealer or like the wife of a drug dealer. And as someone, I'm writing a pilot about a woman whose family is like the cartel is run by the mother. Um, door, lock, door. I didn't lock it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a glory. It is. 
Don't mind me, I'll keep going. I'm okay. Lisa um, Bolacazza comes striding here. All so like- yeah, Kate Del Castillo <laughs> has like four shows on Netflix in which she is affiliated with drug cartels in some capacity. Right. Not to mention the whole The Day I Met El Chapo documentary that mm-hmm. she did. So I've just sort of fallen down this because they, they talk about some funny shit mm-hmm. and it's great. Like it's great storytelling and just how they do it. Like they don't, they do all 60-something-odd episodes at once, mm-hmm. release them all at once. Really? Um, like, it took seven and a half months to film La Reina del Sur mm. overseas. Mm-hmm. She was, like, hospitalized for exhaustion throughout the whole process. <laughs> and um, the when it aired, it was, like, one of the highest-rated telenovelas ever on Univision. Um, and the subject matter, and that's why El Chapo had a crush on her, because he was like, this must come from somewhere. So, um, what's with all the attitude, Lisa? Some help. No, okay. I'm sorry. This I'm looking at this mic. Like, is this a new mic? <laughs> no, it's just sitting up high. No. Okay, so two things about her. I, one, yeah. I, 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 I want to say she was the first woman, I could be wrong, the first woman to get an Emmy nod for a non-English language performance. Oh, really? Like, with that That might be the case, yeah. I think so. I can see why. Um, she's really good in that. And yeah. She, she got another show, it was a Netflix original, it's called like... Ingobernable. Yeah, Ingobernable. That yeah. was good too? Yeah, yeah, I've watched yeah. like three, four episodes She's always that. running from somebody. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Kate, what did you do? Like, it, she, she's on the run I for think she all 60-something episodes of Reina. She's I, on the run for Ingobernable. Yeah. She's always on the run from somebody. Yeah. And I was just like... I find this oddly fascinating, but she she picks a lane and she stays in it and she goes the speed limit. She doesn't go too slow. Like she, that's just what she does. Um, so yeah, the whole drug cartel thing was of great interest. So yeah, I've I've been on a Kate Del Castillo binge on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, and it has done wonders for me fixing this this script because it's not often that you see a woman like she was. She reluctantly became. The most bomb drug dealer yeah. in oh, Europe, really, yeah. Only because she just needed to survive, and mm-hmm. she was like, "I need money. I need fast money. I need a lot of money. Uh, I guess I can do this." Mm-hmm. And then she took some hard knocks, but she got really goddamn good at it. And it was like, "Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I see you." El Chapo's cousin, huh? yes. <laughs> and they they would call her La Reina, La Reina, La Reina. Like she became a, a tabloid darling mm-hmm. in Spain. And but everybody knew what she did, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They didn't like bust her out, but they. Right. It was just sort of like we know what she does. We're just going to stay on her good side because everybody that she falls in love with suddenly mm-hmm. dies. So I was that could be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lisa Bolacar, pray, pray mantis love. Hey you, <laughs> Lisa hair all slick back. She been swimming. No, you I did. Tell. I went swimming this morning. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. And then um, I don't know. I apologize. Nora let me hear like an hour ahead of time. Sorry, normally here an hour ahead of time. But I was in Santa Ana, but when I was coming on the 22, something was going down on the 22, and they, I got detoured. Okay. So by the time I got back around to where I could get there, I was like, crap, what is going on? So, fire? Was it a fire? I don't think it's the fire thing, because most of those people have already, like, boned out and left. Or it, it could be some of them coming, leaving. But it was actually good weather. That's the only reason why I got in the pool. I got sunburned yesterday, because it's the, finally the good day I can go out where you there was no smoke. You don't put lotion? Huh? <laughs> what is that? No. <laughs> okay. What is that of which you speak? <laughs> Melanin doesn't burn. No, it does. No, I did have some, but you know, it, you sweat. It just when it you comes right off. And that light hits right, right down on mm-hmm. it, and it just reflects. And I hadn't been in the pool for like days oh. because of all the smoke and the fire. And mm-hmm. finally, I got in. It's like yes. Mm-hmm. So now I'm peeling and burning, and it's painful. 
I had shorts on earlier. I had to Did put you? some pants because it's burning. I got in the car. It's like hot, hot. <laughs> anyway, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. We just chopping it. Just yeah, chopping yeah. So, what, was, what did I miss earlier? Tell her about the movie you saw. The um, I saw Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Did you see it yet? I'm going to see it next week. Oh, okay. I was going to see one of the screenings ahead of time, but I'd rather go see it with a bunch of people. Right. I need yeah. to get you closer. You need me closer. Yeah, I'm just the off. loudest person. Okay, is this close enough? Hello, Hilliard. You would like it. Oh, that's a lot. The, uh, you really dig it. It was really <clears throat> funny. Yeah. It had a lot of this. Is, this. I mean, the co- the thing that I like about it is um, this is interesting. There was someone asked this question. I thought it was so crazy. Like someone in the audience was like, "How do you make a movie about rich people when people hate rich people now?" What? That's this question. That's, that's this question. Bet you ain't heard of Dynasty. <laughs> Old school you know, stuff. This, what? This, that's what this guy Soap said. Soap operas. What? Yeah, this guy said that in the thing, and I was like, "How old was he?" Uh, probably in his fifties. Some huh. white guy who was probably upset because he, he lost his four hundred one k. I mean, I'm, wait, where'd you see the screening? Was it WGA? WGA, yeah. Okay. Uh, but it was packed. It was a lot of. I mean, you know what? There's a lot of Asian people in the WGA who, who don't ever show up they to don't nothing. Never come. But they came to this because <laughs> this was like, and right. this, see, you, that's part of the problem too. See, because they need to start yeah, hanging out. They need to be right. more active because yes. you know because like I got there at like six forty eight. And it was a line to get into the parking lot. Into the parking lot. Not even the theater, but to the lot. I've I was like, what that. the hell is this about? Huh. And, I, and I got there early because I told my friend to meet me there at 7 because I thought there'd be some line. What time but, the movie started? 7.30? 7.30. Oh, okay. And oh, I was like, you know, because yeah. when we saw Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. I was, it was a line like that too. Andre. And I was like, I, you know what? And I want a good seat. And uh, I was like, I've not seen this line like this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because it's like, the way they do some of their kind of crazy ass, kind of like like uh, uh, wealth displays, mm-hmm. it's not super super over the top. And it could have been. Mm-hmm. There's one moment the bachelor party is really over the top, but that's but it's still kind of tame. But it's interesting to see the the, the way that they present it. See those people who don't watch K dramas or Japan Japanese dramas, mm-hmm. where the K dramas, the J balls and all that, like it's nothing but money. rich and like <laughs> they got so money. You, become, you come accustomed to it, mm-hmm. and you start to believe that I'm living that lifestyle too, vicariously. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like the first time you're seeing like you Asian see, American yeah, that yeah, type well, of yeah, thing. Well, yeah. well, 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 the woman who's the American, she is poor, uh, she's not poor. She's a, a professor at NYU. And she's in realize her husband is like. Her is part of the, not husband, but the man she's dating. He's part of a dynasty of money. Well, he's the heir of the the the, the richest family on the island, the richest family mm-hmm. in Malaysia. It's really interesting. It's really interesting because mm-hmm. it's like you know they made this thing about like um, old money because you, know, mm-hmm. you know the whole thing about how like they were saying like these people left. Uh, China with money and came down here <laughs> as opposed to everyone else who, who made money like recently right. and uh, it's just an interesting way to see the, the dynamics between like how they express their wealth you know um, I mean I saw a friend of mine that did this movie about um, those the, those internet stars in China hmm. uh, and it's like they get all this money they get so much money mm-hmm. for just like sitting around talking on the, all, like they show their face they don't really do anything yeah. at all you know, they might sing they mm-hmm. might put on clothes something mm-hmm. like that but it's like in the documentary the guy he went to this woman's house who was maybe 17 she was making like 
She's making like several million dollars a month, right? A month? Yeah, a month. It's an insane amount of money. It's just, wow. it's just insane. You had to watch this. I can't remember. It was called The People's Republic of Desire, is my is friend's it, is documentary. It no, he just finished it. He's shopping it around now. Uh, I was at a screening of it a, a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. But you see these people who get all this money. And they don't know how to behave with the money. Mm. And it's like they're up in there with like these like Louis XIV couches <laughs> and all this kind of like silk and shit like that. But like, they're like but, somebody else we know, like Trump. <laughs> But the great, yeah. But 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 see, just like Trump, they're up here eating, you know, like food, you know, with the styrofoam, like in the, it's all, you know, just, just dripping off the, like, out of the, like like out of the white bag. And I'm like, y'all got money. But it doesn't equal class. It doesn't. Right. Yeah, it doesn't can't equal take them class. out the hood. Yeah. Right? And basically, you, and but, all money does is enhance whatever is in you anyway. Right. A lot of people right. think money just makes you better. No, or that's better. true. No, no, that's, true. that's true. That's true. It's whoever you were, that money's gonna you, bring it out. But see, that's Hi, what they do in that movie. How you doing? That's what they do in the movie. This <laughs> but here's the interesting thing about Crazy and why I'm excited about it is one is the conversation. I know you've been seeing it online too. Mm. The conversations mm-hmm. with Southeast Asians and darker Asian folk mm-hmm. uh, coming, and then talking about colonialism because you're not mm-hmm. got to talk about China coming to Malaysia mm-hmm. and some of the issues. If you know anything about colonial history, we always think it is Europeans, but we don't ever talk about Japan and China, China. and parts of you know Korea mm-hmm. and all those yeah. places. Which is like you talk to some Koreans, shit. Like it's like native folks and black <laughs> folks. Shit happened yesterday. Right. <laughs> like the boat showed up. You know, we're still mm-hmm. walking around like, dude, chill. But you realize, like, oh my god, a lot yeah. of us don't know imperial history, and we always think of it as just white folks or Arabs, and it's not. Mm-hmm. That's true. But the conversations have been interesting, and one that's when I I did that thread. I don't know if you guys saw it, because you know I've been staying offline because I have my burner accounts, mm-hmm. like I have my romance. Uh, writer account that I go through, which is fun. It's fun. It's nice and safe. It's all about love and have black women being happy and mm-hmm. happily ever after and black love and inter- <laughs> it's just love, love, love. And sometimes you just need that. I need to just yeah. pop over there and just get a happy ending. Right. And all my nasty smut erotic writing stuff <laughs> <laughs> that I don't want to put on the other timeline because y'all already know I'm nasty anyway. But sometimes I got people follow me now. It's like yeah, you know, people know me, so yeah. let me just have my burner account so I can be stink nasty. The freaks come out. Yes. But <laughs> Every now and then I pop back over. And so I had to just write this thread. And I said, look, I'm staying in my lane. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to look at y'all lane. <laughs> I'm peeking my rear view here. <laughs> I got my eye on I got you. my eye watching y'all. But I had to just make the, obvi- the observation um, that you can do more than one thing at one time. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's similar. I said, even though this is a different genre and a different moment and movement for Asian mm-hmm. folks, it's very similar to Black Panther. And I said, you can have all the conversation. It's okay. You can still pump up right. and hype up and enjoy and be a success and do all of that and talk about all the things. Because all it's going to do is make the next filmmakers right. better and make right. them think about stuff. Because yeah. people were coming and dragging like, mm-hmm. oh, all the light-skinned East Asians, uh, y'all right. balling. What about us? I'm like, right. look, Cambodia. <laughs> Look, Philippines, <laughs> Vietnam. I see you, bitches. Come on now. Right. Can y'all Asians have a look? Look, don't right. be dogging out my queen Michelle, y'all. And really, that's the real reason I'm going. Oh, to Oh, she's yeah. dope in the because movie. Because right. I've been a fan since the '80s. Right. And if you don't know anything about, you about Michelle, listen. Yes, you do. If she would have walked in right now, I'd probably burst out crying. <laughs> <laughs> I would start crying and just get into a fetal position <laughs> and just shiver. Well, she, she just amazing. No, no, but see, this, yeah. see, see, there was something that someone told me when we. When when I was walking out of the movie, they were, I can't remember what it was, and I haven't seen the movie, mm-hmm. but I know she used to kick it with Jackie Chan yes. as part of his stunt team, yeah. and there's a scene where she jumps a motorcycle onto a moving train. Huh. 
And because you know it's Jackie Chan, that's like some real yeah, shit. He, with, he does yeah. his own stuff. And yeah. there's no wires. Right. She had to learn that shit. Like, she had to learn that shit. She had to learn that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of her martial arts, she had to learn on the go. But it yeah. helped having that dance background. Well, and plus it helped being badass know, anyway. But that's yes. the same thing with Jackie Chan because people forget that, that, that Jackie Chan got his start by being in the Peking Opera. Yeah. You know, and he just used all the kind of acrobatics. And Sam Hung, I think. Yeah, Sam Hung. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's people who understand the roots of like. Asian film from back. I'm talking. I'm a '70s baby, so I'm talking way back. So this whole crazy rich Asians and people being made. It's like, oh my god, Asian people are in movies, right. and they can be gorgeous and fabulous. Bitch, y'all late. <laughs> see, that, you're late. That, 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 see, you're behind. Yeah, you're behind. Right. You're late, and and, and you also um, short. You also got a narrow foot of view because the one thing I always say is. Asia's got a vibrant fucking cinema that's so, that, that yes is, that they're not Asians Americans with with yeah. their specific stories right. but they got some movies that mm-hmm. are, I mean there's a movie I came out with it was, it was, it, was it Shaolin Soccer <laughs> oh, come I on. remember that is that what it's yeah. called <laughs> that movie's live as shit but I don't yeah. think remember, I remember most people haven't seen it mm-hmm. and like House of Flying Daggers Kung Fu Hustle Kung Fu Hustle, Hustle. Yeah, Kung Kung Hustle. Hustle. I watch at least Hustle. once Hustle. every three months just, like just, if you just raid, laugh raid I just watched Battle Royale for the first time too Battle Royale Oh, you know, my God. So we we watch it in my room because we have a we have it in our show. Oh, yeah, the good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 of of all the non Hollywood cinema, Asia has got probably the biggest the biggest output, I would think. Oh yeah, because these, I mean, you know, like like like. Like Hong Kong before it got absorbed by by China proper was just churning out movies yeah. and just going ha yeah. ha, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, let it go, you know. And there's, I mean, and there's all those great Japanese movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so look many. the goal in life when one of these days when I get some some coins. Or when I I thought you had the pennies there Lottery, lottery. I know It's like I gotta, play, I gotta play the lottery And make it big it's, I wanna go to Japan I wanna go pay my respects To Kurosawa I wanna go to All the cinema I wanna go to China I wanna go see Not just the The fake The, the real Walt Trump, But I wanna see the studios Where they make the fake Stuff that looks so realistic Like oh, I just yeah. wanna hang around Their cinema And walk around that mm-hmm. I mean I'll do the tourism stuff too But their film History is so amazing mm-hmm. And like I just wanna go hang out And of course You know Japan if I got to see Kurosawa, I got to pay my respects to Godzilla and all the people yes. who made those films that had a huge impact. Yes. So, like, they range from, like, classic, like, game-changing, you know, classic films all the way to, oh, my God, we're on Monster Island and Mothra, <laughs> I can see the wires. Johnny Sacco. That's a Tonka cool toy. Johnny Sacco. But, but I'm a plant. I don't robot, see that. Man. Okay? Like, and I told you when I went down to what's it called, the Monster Con, and I nearly, like, flipped out when I saw the dudes that did the monster suits for Godzilla right. from, like, the period of, like, 1960, 19... This is how nerdy you are. When you know their name, you know their period of time that they were Godzilla, and it was the suit that had like the really good quality plastic, yeah. and not like the baby face cow. And they were starting to shift right. and change, and so my friends were just like, "What are you geeking out?" I'm like, "Do you know who that is?" They were like, "No, we don't." And I was like, "Oh, yo, so missing out. You. You're missing, missing out, out. <laughs> on it's, these heroes. It's uh, dude's um, like ninety something years old, shaking. See how we do? <laughs> see how we do it on the red room, y'all? We give you all that Godzilla game. Well, anyway, I'm excited about? for Crazy Witch. I hope it does well. I was really well, you know, it's interesting you said about Kurosawa and the stuff they would make the diagrams. Is it really just in quote? I remember he was interviewed one time. Have you read his bio? It's something like a. I haven't read it. Uh, it's so good. But there was, he was interviewed one time and someone asked him, it was the shot he has of Mount Fuji, and they were like, How'd you get that framing to look like that? It looks so good. And he was like, 
Because if I, if I did it two inches to the left, there'd be a factory. If I did what? it two inches to the right, there'd be a city. Yes. So that's like the... It's like, that's I just hilarious. had to get the shot just like oh, that. Wow. That's what I was saying earlier. <laughs> it's all in like, the frame. I know where to do it. I, that's the only way. I don't know. Some phone lines over yeah. there. I guess right. we could have that in there. But that, he, he comes from that era of filmmakers that would just turn out so much stuff. And a lot yeah. of times when you're making films so fast, your subconscious kind of takes over. And it's just so, so much quality, great stuff. And I just feel sad when people are so limited yeah. in their filmmaking. Yeah. You know who's coming up now? You know, I talk about Scandinavia. Those films from Norway and all those places. Mm. Somebody was making fun on the internet. <laughs> About the, they were, <laughs> and I had to laugh because shit was true. She looking like it's me, bitch. It ain't me. Okay, no. they were making jokes about. They were making, they were making jokes never about how <laughs> they were making jokes about English films, like how it's always some woman named this right. and dead bodies dropping everywhere. It's like the same story over and over. And somebody said, "Well, it's just like Scandinavian films. They already have somebody. There's like 72 episodes, and we never find out who the murderer is. Yeah. But the police woman's walking around looking with cold backgrounds and looking depressed. I'm like, you shut up. That's shit I like." <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's true, it's true. I mean, look, look, look. That um, um, what was the what was the, the first Scandinavian crime thing I ever saw was uh, smell a sense of snow. Oh yeah, did you ever read the book? I read the book, the, I read the book first. I read the book first. The book I was like, oh, this book's fucking amazing. Yeah. And the movie's good. It's a little disappointing because it's, it's cut some stuff out from yeah, the yeah. book. Major yeah. but yeah, but that book was amazing. Mm-hmm. That book is fucking amazing. And then the other book around the same time, maybe a little earlier, another great movie. Um. Gorky Park. Mm-hmm. <gasps> awesome <laughs> fucking <Lisa. laughs> movie. Awesome no, it just warms my cinema heart. You know when you think of films mm-hmm. and you yeah, say yeah. nobody really it's watched. And then somebody says a movie that you thought you were the only one. one and it's saw. Like, Gorky Park's fucking awesome. Aw. Gorky Park is fucking awesome. Yeah. I don't know if they made them do a, a TV show. TV show. I mean, that could be a cool miniseries somewhere. Yeah, well. Was it in the movie? It was a movie like the yeah. 80s with I think it was like Lee Marvin's last movie mm-hmm. um, and like I think William Hurt's in or some shit like that. Right. Yeah, it is William Hurt. Um, mm-hmm. No, John Hurt, John Hurt. Um, no, William is the, mm-hmm. the American, the pretty voice. Yeah. Go see yeah. it. Go see it um, and you never get a chance It's a dope movie. That I, and with the, I'm a, I read the book I loved it and I didn't realize his name is Arcadi, the, the investigator. The writer wrote like three or four other novels about him. I was like, I didn't even know. I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know why I didn't fucking... Um, I don't know. In the eighties, people weren't off. They weren't trying to franchise shit as much as they are yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cookie Park. Around. I, I was going to say something else, but I think I might say it for the next episode because it might be one of okay, those cool. two-parter. Because mm-hmm. I got some stuff we got to talk about. All right, we'll get into it then. So, sure. It's um, about us black filming. I know I'm just cutting in, but I got to let y'all know. <laughs> it's about, and you know about it too. Yep. About certain black filmmakers when we make films and, and product. Right. And we get critiques and how we respond to we, those criticisms. We should, we should log off. And uh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> well, Trip does. Yeah. I'm just going to say this little piece and we'll talk about it though. Uh-huh. Um, um, on our next episode. <laughs> when Quiet I interviewed, I interviewed um, Justin Simeon on the Writers Guild podcast, <clears throat> and we talked about how he was early on talking about how, like, Tyler Perry's movie, right? He was kind of dogging them. And then when his movie came out, I guess Tyler had a little something, had a little feeling. Had a little salt. So when they met, they talked about it, and he realized, as it was leading up to whenever he was going to meet him and he started getting some fame, he was like, oh, I see what the problem is. It's, it's, It's kind of sometimes you work toward your audience and you please them. Yeah. My audience is a certain way, so I please them. It may be broader than someone else's or not. It was this really interesting 
fascinating conversation that we had where he had like an aha moment like never the dog of filmmakers worked yeah because everybody you know, has their really own everyone has their own niche and it's something right. I've had to yeah. learn too because yes. I used to be really famous back in the day it's like oh my god you like that that's totally trash right. <laughs> and then you get on your feels when somebody's talking about your shit like what Mm-hmm. How dare you? Star- Starship <laughs> Troopers is an awesome movie. It is. Ah. Who said it was? And you need to go to hell <laughs> for saying what you just said. <laughs> so greatness mm-hmm. of that movie. But there's a difference between dogging it, mm-hmm. and there's a difference between offering genuine kind critique, critique as from a critic, yes. from a mm-hmm. film critic, right. whose job is to <clears throat> critique things yes. and personally reply when you don't like it right. Right. or when you don't agree. Right. True. And not just to reply, but to reply over and over <laughs> for days on end, and then write a four-page Google Doc about it mm-hmm. and share it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, okay, so as someone who has critiqued things, mm-hmm. I joke, I kid, mm-hmm. but I try to say something nice, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. Eh, maybe I would have done this. Maybe I would have. Right. Maybe I would have right. done this. Right. Da, 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 da. It's all in the um, tone. It's all in the right, tone. Right. It's all about delivery, right? right? right. Not what you say, but how you say it. Mm-hmm. Well, it is what you say, too, but how you say it really impacts you. Um, this particular critique was accurate, was very well constructed. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. just, I wish this thing were a little different. Mm-hmm. Three days later, we're still talking about it. Mm. Well, see, and, and, yeah. and when we get into it, mm-hmm. and the next episode, no. I didn't know the context behind it. I just saw the document and thought, oh, maybe he just wanted to get some insight right. into a character. And All then right. I learned. But see, this is, the, this is the thing about critiquing. Like, I. Save it for the next episode. No, I'm just, I'm just going to say this because, like, I. <laughs> as you know, I've seen a lot of fucking movies. Yeah. And I have a very high like, bar, right? Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. a long time, I used, to, I used to hold everything up to that bar. And then I realized that, to me, the, like I say this all the time, the movie's good if I feel something throughout the movie at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, I know from trying to make movies and have, making movies and everything like that, there are choices that happen in the movie, in the process, that have nothing to do with what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And that's what you had yeah. to get because you, oh, there's outside factors pushing in that no fucking audience member even no like, like yeah. understands, recognizes. Right. And, 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 and frankly, they may not even care if they were told because it was not like an excuse. Mm-hmm. But I just realized that it's like, if the movie, you know, there's this book I read called A Story is a Promise. And really changed the way I look at writing, and I just realized that's how I look at movies like more than anything. Because like, because television never ends, so I don't ever look at it the same way. Right. Um, is that fulfill the promise that you're starting off? If you do that well, you got a good movie. Right. Your movie's a great movie, good soundtrack. No, and as uh, <laughs> <laughs> some other shit. Right. But it's like, but that makes that to me is, is the line that like makes it or breaks it. You mm-hmm. know, like I mean. It's just like that. I mean, and I can understand. Like, here's the thing about Tyler Perry's movie. I'll just say, I've only seen one of them. Which one did you see? Uh, Diary. Oh, the first one. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, the first Mad one. Black one. Look, and, I, and I said to myself, not for me. Mm-hmm. I get why this movie makes money. Mm-hmm. I get who it's talking to. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Did you ever see? Oh, I guess no. You just said that's the only one you saw. I was going <laughs> to see if you saw like Why Did I Get Married? No, because I felt like that movie kind of upped his game a little bit. One, he well, got. We're like, how many years later? What I tell yes, you, he, he got a little game be up better. a little. Yeah. Be well, 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 no, but, this, right. but here's the thing. I, I mean, like, I look at his trailers, mm-hmm. and I know that his craft has gotten a lot better. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, I'm like, okay, well, that you know what? 
that's fine. Right. That's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, but but your stories are just they're just they're not what I want to spend like my, like like my time watching. Mm-hmm. And that's you fair. know, and yeah, and, yeah. and and there's no critique on the value of the story or anything like that. It's just like I'm gonna watch something else instead. You know, mm-hmm. it's like something else that be, I mean, it's like I need to find. There's always something specific I'm looking for in movies. Like right. people always say, what it, what is it about? You know, you come to my house and there's all these kind of movies. And it's like, where, where, where's all the funny shit? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have funny shit at the house. <laughs> That's not what I. Don't move. I mean, I mean, I'll watch it in the theater and like it, but that's. But I'm not going to repeat watch it. Uh, It's just you know, there's no point for that. Mm -hmm. But as a creator, is your energy best spent learning, observing, and figuring out your next thing? Yes. Or ruminating on the last thing, or some healthy balance. You got to because I don't think about stuff that. Um. That that doesn't stick in my head, okay. <clears throat> and so, but and so by that, I would say, like for instance, like I think even the other day I was talking with someone. Um, oh, I was talking with someone. Oh, the guy who directed, not directed, the cinematographer who did uh, Boston Strangler died the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck, is he? You know, this Boston Strangler was such a cool. He's in a lot of movies, but that movie stood out to me because of what he did mm-hmm. visually with, like, with, with, he did something that, for people who haven't seen the movie, and you cannot, I remember when I first heard about it, I, like, would never watch it because it's a movie that's shot in CinemaScope, but it's also shot where it's, like, it's multi-frames, like, there's maybe four or five frames that are going on within oh, the frame. Yeah. That's you know? usually hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and if yeah. you watch it, like, outside of, if you watch it on most television formats, it's, it's cut down, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, the pan scan, everything like that. So, yeah, so I did kind of wait till it was a DVD but I actually saw it in town one time there was a screening mm-hmm. it's like okay you see it and it kind of like has this like storytelling technique that you know they basically uh, stole it for 24 how you mm-hmm. see these multiple things right. going on everything right. like that right. but and that is even more because the frame is wider sometimes you might see six images Move it around. Right. You got to watch it, and then I know that the guy who did Narc, uh, Joe Carnahan, did it really well in that movie too. Mm-hmm. But I was like. That stays in my head, and mm-hmm. I think about like, oh, is there a storytelling moment in something that I'm doing that could be, t- you know, that could use that somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's what I think about when I think about older movies, things that I've seen, or like, oh, like, I mean, there's, there's and sometimes when, like when movies like miss <laughs> the mark so bad. Mm-hmm. I keep I think about those a lot just based upon this thing that I remember that John August said one time. He was like, if you see a movie that you don't like, write the version of it you know, the, the, that you do like. Mm. Don't just talk about it and shit on it. If you're any good, then write that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and go from there. And like say this is this is my version of X. You know, like did it work? This is how I would execute that. Like, you're not like stealing that movie. That's how they came up with fans. There's stuff. hope for me with Jurassic Park, where the dinosaurs eat everyone. Listen, yeah, yeah. and not? Blue lives happily ever after on the island. Do a Look, fan I've already started writing a fan fiction right. for That's it. Right. It's like, let me tell you my version <laughs> see, from see, Blue's see, point of view. But see, and yeah, you yeah, see yeah. how you all of y'all that did. Into action, yeah, though, see, and yeah, all of you are dead. Other people are saying, except for me. the thing about doing that is, is that you know, perhaps. You know, there's a movie that can come out of it if it, if it's if what you're doing is really original, but also you're writing something, you're working on your craft, mm-hmm. and that's the big thing. That's, you, that's and, the you know, and that's you, what and, I was looking and for. And you're focusing mm-hmm. your energy on the craft. Right. Okay. You know, I mean, like to me, like you know, there's like a, a, there's a bunch of movies that like maybe aren't that good of a movie. Like they did something that didn't do right or whatever it is. But there's something else about it. Like right. maybe there's really cool costuming, or maybe there's really cool the way it's been like, 
it's been colored or you know like that movie that I didn't like but I liked elements of it um, Atomic Blonde oh, right. you know mm-hmm. like like there's stuff in Atomic Blonde that's really cool and mm-hmm. I watch it I'm, and I'm like you know what I got a really cool female spy movie that I've been wanting to kick around in my head mm-hmm. how do I exceed what this did right. you know and it's you know it's my own version I mean yeah I'm gonna write it and something that I wanted to write years ago for Halle Berry but I, 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 but I never thought about it again because everyone gives you pushback on that but now but now now's a good time it could do it right. and to me you know another thing I remember people always saying it's all, be, be tricky about dusting off old projects because of the time that you wrote them there's something in your life something in the world that kind of probably sparked that mm-hmm. and so I was looking at that, that but but can I just piggyback off of that yeah but usually when you feel like you want to go back and dust it off is because something new sparked it exactly you feel exactly. me it, 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 see the, yeah. so now you're just upgrading you upgraded it. Right. what do you think it was going to say is okay well you know what the, the plot might right. be old or whatever it is mm-hmm. but your characters what is is like is what you wanted to write about in the first right, place, right. but so, sometimes the perspective may change. Just, yeah, you're right. right, so you just yeah, say, "Okay, right. you know what? New." Is, I mean, it's sort of this. Is, I was thinking the other day. I was like, "You know what? It's kind of just like writing a sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Like the first movie already happened, yeah. and now four years later, yeah. what else is she doing? Right. You know?" Because like, let, me, let me ask you, have you guys ever written a script that takes place in one city, and then years later you come back and it takes place in another? It's still similar. Oh, I'm doing that now. It's still <laughs> similar, but. It changes just because of the atmosphere, mm-hmm. because yeah, of totally. you know, it's like totally. changing the weather. Right. Totally. All of a sudden, things are different. Yeah. When the, even in the action scenes, change because the streets aren't the same. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It right. would depend on where you yeah, are. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a sci-fi thing that I'm I'm, I'm revising now that uh, it's currently set in, in in New York, kind of like maybe t- twenty years from now, but somebody sent me these photos. Chris loves the future, don't he? Um, <laughs> Yeah. We're trying to get there because well, the some, somebody's right got now. to. <laughs> we only got twenty years left now, anyway. Well, see, I'll, I'll tell you why, but a second. But 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 somebody sent me these photos of the housing projects outside of Paris. Hmm. There's been a couple. Of, there's a movie called like B13. It's kind mm-hmm. of set in that thing, and it's like if people don't know, even that Intouchables, they were there. Weren't Intouchables they? is a part of it. Yeah. Right. So the thing people don't know is that in Paris. Like the city of Paris still has this sparkle to it mm-hmm. because they have pushed everybody who's potentially poor and all the immigrants. Mm-hmm. Well, now they live outside of the city. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and also, what Paris has is, and a, and a bunch of like cities like this have this in Europe, it's called a green zone. Mm-hmm. Which is basically once you reach the city limits, mm-hmm. there's like a five mile or ten mile part where they're not allowed to construct stuff. It has to stay like lush and green, oh, okay. and so therefore the, these housing things in Paris are outside of that green zone. So they're really removed from the city, and then they got to come into the city by the subway. Right. But it's these really kind of like the, the photographs are all these like th- these these like brutalist structures that were built in the seventies and stuff like that, and it has this architectural style that. I've never seen on film before. Mm. Hence, that's what I'm going to, you know, that's where, and my thing starts, kind of takes place in Brooklyn when, or in the Bronx where it's kind of torn down. And I was like, yeah, but it's not going to be torn down like that anymore. Right. They're, they're, they're gentrifying that up too yeah, Yours much. would have to be the 70s or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 So now, but I can do it there right. and it kind of fits more with like the theme that I want the movie to actually be about. Mm-hmm. And it, because it's, it's, and it's, it's city hopping anyway. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it'll work better. Mm-hmm. But see, you to know? me, that's about, we were talking last time we taped about things that, that I was talking about some things that I'm really picking up in our room and we have the type of showrunners that are like, if you have an idea and you've 
thought about it, heard about it, seen it before, don't put it in the script. Like they want you to think way beyond because sometimes you think you have a great idea and it's like subliminal or subconsciously right. in your mind somewhere. Mm-hmm. You actually did hear it or right. came across it like, no, yeah. s- step further, you know, flip it on its on its head, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm hearing from that is you come up with an idea. This is this is to all the writers. You come up with an idea for a great for a great uh, location for your story. Is it really the best story? Because you haven't done the research like that yeah. to learn it actually in France. There's actually an even better place that by the time your movie come out, it's going to change. That's not going to change. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that to me is doing your research and looking even further and taking an extra day to see if it's the right spot for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know well, I mean? you know, because that, that again, that's one of the things I really loved about Crazy Rich Asians. You know, there's a very... I, I, you know, if you've seen photographs of Singapore in the last maybe three to five years, there's this hotel that is this like it's these three columns, and it's probably like a hundred stories up. I East Com was a hundred stories up, and at the top of the three columns is a pool that connects all three of the columns, and it's like this out that pool runs to the edge of the thing, and it's like this whole dance thing at the top and a party. It like it looks like one of those like Vegas pools, mm. but a hundred feet up in the air at the top of like three these top these t- these these like hotel towers. Mm. And I was like, fuck like I remember I saw that somewhere I was like that looks so fucking futuristic as hell. Mm. And then it's in this movie. Mm. But it looks so dope. It's like fuck, like that's. I mean, shit. It was it was mm. so awesome, you know. But they it, also have those like these <clears throat> kind of like environmentally friendly. Like I saw some pictures in um, in Singapore where they had like certain houses and apartment with the plants growing part of it where the nature yeah, 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 and yeah, it yeah. just looks so like I looked at them like oh this is like some sci-fi mm-hmm. somebody's no it's real stuff and I'm mm-hmm. thinking why don't we do that <laughs> that's fucking cool because it's yeah. like using the environment and plants and using that to like you know vary the temperatures mm-hmm. not having to depend on a lot of energy it's just why can't we do that well it's like I tell you people like why well, I'm always no, looking no, at stuff there's in a, there's a big, other countries there's a big reason why we don't do that See, Singapore doesn't have a petroleum industry, but we do. Mm. And a petroleum industry, like, just demands the wrong thing. It demands that country. we don't think outside the box. Yeah. <laughs> just buy and petroleum and keep burning up the fossil fuels and fucking up the planet. Yeah. We're good for that. Why can't we have the building with the like infinity pool on top <laughs> and you can float down and jump on top of a tree and hang exactly. down to your apartment like Tarzan and shit? Exactly. It's available. Why can't we have that? It's available. <laughs> on that it's note. Available. Well, and no one wear pants. We're just barefoot with little skirts. Oh, oh. And little But you know what? I always say I wish God or the universe or whatever made this place would have it so it rain every night from like two to five and then it was a nice 78 degrees oh god day. we'd be moisturized all the time it would be green no everywhere humidity, it would be uh, so- no humidity no no humidity no well you you got that can that canada humidity no. you don't like Have that you ever, it's like walk walking out into a wall of hell that just slaps you in the <laughs> face like no <laughs> but no hell humidity. makes you appreciate exactly. the good what out here no 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 like in like dc swampy oh, humidity that's, right. that's too much yeah see so if you're yeah. gonna beg for something let's let's be very specific okay be okay. Sp- god i'm talking about california i don't care about be okay. specific all right <laughs> nothing above 105 there you for go. the love of god no, nothing god, above no. 105 and no pants and no, no pants, pants. No, no pants. shorts shorts are evil Shorts are evil. Yes, I just want those yes. Samoan little skirt wraps yeah. for men and women. I'm down with that. And flip flops. Yes. <laughs> oh, I ain't wearing no flip flops. Tube tops optional. <laughs> I hate that flip flop, flip flop, flip flop. Okay, you get. Anyway, flat. I love that uh, flapping sound. It just sounds like uh-uh. you ain't got to work. 
<laughs> exactly. It sounded like the beach to me. A bunch of hippie. Anyway, uh, y'all know how we do it on the ramp room. Mm. <laughs> so where you at, Lauren Warren? I am on the Twitter. 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 Oh, yeah. Twitter. Uh, at I am Lauren P. Uh, you can find the Nerds of Prey podcast on at Nerds of Prey cast or Nerds of Prey podcast dot com. Listen we got to it. Patreon. We got Facebook. We got back, Twitter. Right? We got Support. Instagram. We are back from uh, summer break in September right. after Labor Day. True. Yes. Chris Derrick, where you at? Yes. <clears throat> I am at Unauthorized CBD on Instagram and Twitter. 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 Well, you at Lisa, Lisa Coat Jam. Um, you know I'm on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we all know you. But Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter. You haven't been as much. I yeah. yeah. I pop in every now and then. Did you see that photo I posted of us? <sighs> With the got got yeah, 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 Oh my yeah. god, we were like little babies. Oh, I saw that. It was nine <laughs> years ago. You still had hair. Oh. Like, you, like, oh. like, and my hair was so <laughs> short. Like, I had a little hat. Hair oh my girl. god, was, we just we were so cute and young. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So I'm on Twitter at what fresh hell is this? Um, yeah, I just took a little hike because I because this is the summer that I made a promise to myself that I was just going to read, mm-hmm. and so the only way to do that was to divest. And plus, I got tired mm. of seeing stuff on Twitter with black people getting called the police. I thought, you know, it's probably best if it's I keep so my nice. black ass at home Every day. and read some books because yeah. I, 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 please, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hope. <laughs> I don't have the hope with the insane. motherfucker I will. wish. <laughs> I wish a motherfucker would come up and do some stuff because I'm that one. She's like, I ain't even going to turn my camera I'm on. Not I'm just going to fuck him up. Got to, no. I, we, look. Look. I wish somebody would. So I thought, you know, it's probably best for humanity. <laughs> Damn. If wow. I stay at home and catch up, like I got four years worth of, and it's been the best thing ever. Like I'm reading so much great stuff. I think I told my friends, I'm rereading Anthony Bourdain's book. Oh, I want to yeah. passed away. This first book that he wrote oh. that really got me when I was younger. Like, Kissing oh Confidential? God. Oh God, yes. <clears throat> so I'm rereading that and just kind of remembering what that was like, you know, pay mm-hmm. homage. And um, just reading a lot of good stuff and writing a lot of fan fiction. Which has been stressful because I do my regular writing mm-hmm. and I always get stuff. People send us your stuff like, and I'm like, uh, uh, pressure. And I figure fan fiction, mm-hmm. you could just write. I ain't got ha- to do no corrections. I nope. just type it up and throw it up there. <laughs> Bitch, now I got followers who are like, when you updating? I'm like, look. <laughs> Don't pressure me. <laughs> this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> no pressure. No, Don't be squeezing so I make, me. I'm making a whole new account and starting all over again because yeah, I can't really? deal with it. Yeah, it's, it's my Black Panther fan fiction. Oh, okay, right. And people are finally picking up on it because I'm doing like, my fan fiction is the question that everybody wants to know. Mm. What happened with Killmonger's mama? How'd they meet? So I'm writing that whole <laughs> what, what backstory. Mama is? I'm what writing mama all that is? whole backstory and mm-hmm. giving it. And it's like, I have like little fans now. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. But it's like, and but now it's, I it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. That's it's good. fun. That's good. You know, we still got to get you to get some ends though. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, I got a thing I'm writing about uh, Blade. Sam, my boy Sam. Um, Miller. Yes. Sam I will Blade. see him. We'll be at Worldcon next weekend. Uh, the book that I'm in is nominated for a Hugo. So Sam's nominated for a Hugo Award, too. So we're He's both going to sit there and cross our fingers to see we win these big sci-fi awards. For what, if for, not, for, you know what I'm doing. For uh, The bar! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are bar-conning, people. We are bar-conning. For Blackfish City or for the... the, the um, I think it's the, the, for... The, the it might be for Blackfish City. You know what? He get every... Look. Every year he get nominated for something. I can't even keep up with the shit that he's been, been nominated for. It's like Fish City's good. It's I'm good. Yeah, it's, it's just, I just now. can't remember which. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. I just Shout know that I'm just nominated. I'm going to sit there. If we win, yay! If not, yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. And I'm your host Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter 
at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show. Screenwriters are, are on Twitter. Um, Twitter. Any questions? ScreenwritersRunRoom at gmail.com. Um, we got a new Patreon page. What'd you call it again? Uh, Patreon page. Spread that shit around. <laughs> Supporters <laughs> is on Support the show notes. Right. Send the show notes. And Lauren Warren hooking us up right now with our own website coming, <gasps> dropping soon. What? Yeah, she, gets, she, showed me, what? she showed me the example of today. It looks awesome. Looks awesome. It's going to be ready. We should step our game up. I we mean, we're at to. that, we're at we that point. To. Just it's gonna just push you there. I, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. She you took that time me, and put together and a I'm whole website. <sighs> See, that's what your so, Twitter people Thank you. Thank you. We yeah, love you, girl. We appreciate that yeah. Um, So much shit going on. Uh, I'm on script right now, so it's going good. Things are good. I'm having a ball. Um, something I was going to say. What was I going to say? Huh, I'll save it for the next one. Uh, hey, I got a bone to pick. Scotty Mullen. What he didn't do? And Scotty, you know I love you, but I'm upset. What he did? Because <laughs> Sharknado, the final installment, mm-hmm. is coming out August. I did not get a phone call months ago mm-hmm. to get my part in the final. Oh, I'm wearing right. my Sharknado shirt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have been repping and pushing this film for years. Right. And the disrespect. <laughs> you sound upset. The utter disregard. I mean, All I wanted was one scene give you on you the Santa Monica Pier right. where I can run and the shark just grabs me by my dreadlock, <laughs> spins me around, and tosses me out. That's all I asked for. Mm-hmm. And they gonna—they have the nerve. They didn't even did it. The nerve. Now, now the movie's coming out. Now, oh, we're working on it. The movie's right. already done, coming out August nineteenth. Right. So shoot I shoot those things I, in like ten days. They don't play. Okay, so have him take you to the pier. You film it. And I'm just gonna Photoshop myself in there. there so whatever comes on, yeah. I'm just gonna hack into the internet <laughs> and Photoshop me in there. But it's all right. It's all right. Anyway, thank you, uh, uh, Lauren's husband, Rob. We appreciate you coming down. Is that who these people are in here in the room with yes. us? That's her husband. <laughs> and then we got, uh, uh, oh, my God, what, what is it? Jasani. Jasani, forgive me. Uh, what's your last name? <laughs> <laughs> who is you? <laughs> Drew. Jasani, Drew, y'all in the house. Young baby writer came in to hang out with us hey, today. We love um, baby writers. So, yeah, he hit me up yesterday. We've been like, we were like friends on Facebook yeah. or something. Yeah. So he hit me up yesterday going, hey, you know, whenever we can get together. I was oh, like, come well, on you want to come by? Come on through. So sometimes we let the baby writers come and listen. And Lauren's husband, I saw what she said about you when she picked you up at the airport and was talking about your haircut. <laughs> I'm going to have to make him watch The Office. And he has to. Because <laughs> the moment you said that, I'm like, that is so well, damn true. And I showed it to him. And he was like, oh, okay. That is so, so damn true. I picked him up. He got a haircut. And I was like, hey, what's up, big haircut? I'm no longer you calling you Big Tuna. You are officially now Big Haircut. And he was just like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know that. that he cut that it all up. Okay. Let's see. Season three, episode 22, The Job. Damn, you went like there. I always, yes. you know what? I just should have watched in the office the other day. Did you? Did you skip season one? I just watched the first episode of the first season. Ooh, don't, do oh, don't do that. No, no. Go to season two to season seven. Stop. Then go to season one. Then don't bother with season nine until the finale. See, those are fans that tell you specifics. Yes. What's wrong with season one? Don't do it. Okay, so it was a direct <laughs> copy of the British season, and British right. humor doesn't often translate to American audiences. Work. So they fumbled, like literally. The first the episode the is frame by frame a remake of right. the version with uh, what's the guy? Uh, Ricky Gervais. It's not the exact same. Uh, yes. yeah. I've seen the British one. I love the British I love one. The British it's, one. It's, it's it's similar. Ours is better. Yeah, but you can skip the whole first season, start with season two, and then go to seven. 
ours is better. How is it better if the first season has to be skipped when the when there was because it's too much like the original. It's too and much you like want to have your yeah. own American. They had thing. to find their own footing and do. establish their own humor and their it's own true. rhythm and find their own. But the uh, whites in it, and so was Krasinski's in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the first season of Seinfeld. To and the black it. guys complaining. Wait till Kramer gets you know, there. Yeah, as soon as Kramer comes in. Yeah, I can give you. It's like my Dexter watch guy. Dexter doesn't exist after season four. Thank you. Wait, was Kramer not in the first season? Anyway, uh, oh sorry, we were sorry. saying goodbye. We were just saying goodbye. Yeah, and went off on a TV tangent. Well, <laughs> oh, just just one last quick thing. Uh-huh. There's a, it's about Seinfeld. There's a really really funny comedians and coffee. Comedies and cars oh, and yeah, coffee yeah, with, Seinfeld. with Seinfeld and Larry David, which, 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 which everyone. Do you see the one with him and um, Kramer? What the fuck is this? Michael. I haven't Richards. seen that one yet. I want What's to. One, I haven't seen it. But the, but the, I think the one with Larry David is funny. The one with Bill Maher is funny. Mm-hmm. Chappelle one is hilarious. Chappelle one's good. Um, Chris Rock one. Chris Rock is really good. Uh, anyway, I just Steve Harvey one. Steve Harvey is really good. Not that I watch the show or nothing. You know what I mean. I just know that you don't name that five episodes. So. There's like they're on season four. They're I don't like know what your understanding four. of watch means. I mean, I ain't never. Oh, you know, also, break open a Webster dictionary. And, and also the one, with, the one with uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus is really good too. Okay, okay. Cool. So y'all know how we do it on the rant room on the show. We keep it real. We give it opinion. Wait, so we ain't wait, got we ain't yet. got a saying yet. Okay, good. No, we ain't got nothing yet. What we calling it? Wakanda. Wakanda. Peace, y'all. <laughs> Ciao. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rain Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.